When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of your favorite jiu-jitsu podcast, A Fistful of Collars. Myself, Howell Teague, and Chase Smith from flowgrappling.com, joined by two very special guests today. We have the pleasure and the honor of receiving Cody Steele and William Tackett into the studio today, two Austin-based high-level no-gi grapplers. Man, there aren't too many of you around here. What took it so long? What took you so long to come down, right? Was it just us? Were we like, were we spacing on the invitation or something? Was that what it was? Uh, <clears throat> uh, I don't know. I think it was like when we started to uh, to uh, like train and stuff. Like we didn't train together for like when did we start training together? I think it was like three years ago when we started. Yeah, too long, together. man. Too long. Yeah. Come on, you've been in Austin for like so long, though. You've been, you That's guys, probably been our bad. Yes, it's, it's, it's probably good. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's our bad. Like to be fair, like we've been busy, but you guys been so busy. You guys have been so busy. Like the last what three, four months, you were traveling nonstop. The two of you. Tell me a little bit about like where you went because you had like this crazy tour in Europe and beyond. Cody, kick us off. Where did you go over the last couple of months? So we went over and uh, we went to London for for like a month or so, about like that. We were staying there. We were training, uh, just meeting a lot of people. We tried to do the Europeans, the Nogi Europeans, but we kind of messed up. What we, happened we this? <laughs> Why didn't you compete? We freaking missed registration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they closed, I think, Dang the it. capacity like two weeks before registration yeah. closed. And oh, I was wow. like, wow, oh, two weeks. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of far out, actually, right? Yeah. 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 And I think we were just like doing so much different other things that it kind of just like slipped our mind. And they're like, oh, we should probably sign up for Did the you still Europeans. go? To go watch? Yeah. No, I think okay. we ended up, we just, we took like a little vacation. We're like, all right, let's go to Paris together. Yeah. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So romantic getaway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got some like croissants. Yeah. The Apple Tower. Yeah. Great. So you were in London for the, you did a bunch of competitions there. And then where, where else? Where did you go after that? Where did we go? Oh, and then we went to uh, the Ukraine. We came back what? and then we went straight over to the Ukraine. Or was it we went to Boston first? Yeah, we went to Boston and competed in the BGJ Fanatics. Yeah. And then oh, so you came back from Europe, mm-hmm. competed in BGJ mm-hmm. Fanatics, and then you flew out to the Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have been racking up the air miles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, when we started Jiu-Jitsu, we always like, 
pictured like we always wanted to like travel and compete and like see and everything so now that we're like kind of doing it it's it's super it's super fun i enjoy it i actually met cody across the world in guam for the first time we're both in austin live in austin no wait that's the first place you met we met in guam for the marianas open you know he had qualified for the the brown belt tournament is that how that worked or they just invite you no so we did like uh it was like a tournament you have to win your division Mm -hmm. and then you have to win the absolute and then you get like your ticket to go to guam got it so i'm over in guam and i thought cody i mean i didn't know cody at the time really and yeah we were training i just arrived on the island i'm riding in guam and it's a training session because they want to roll and he just murders me i'm like oh god <laughs> guam is gonna hurt if this is like the local level but he's like no i won the tournament to get here i'm like thank jesus <laughs> i retained some dignity but that's really cool because we're over you know basically in asia uh, but both from austin at this point man it goes to show how small the jiu-jitsu world really is right oh, no. you guys yeah. have the same thing it was like you know okay two like relatively small town right austin's by no means the biggest city you know in texas uh but you know you guys are on the road traveling around the world do you have those moments where you just keep bumping into the same people all the time and you know competing against the same guys but then you'll see each other in in europe and you see each other in the states and then you see each other in russia and stuff right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. Like, we'll see people all over from Austin, like, different gyms, Sean Cooper's, um, BTT. We'll see people in airports, and they're like, oh, what's up, William? And I'm like, oh, hey, yeah. and we see some people. It's pretty neat, you know, seeing how, like, the community can tie people together, and, like, all across the world. Even in, like, out of country, we recognize people. It's pretty really? Neat. Yeah. And they recognize you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, um, Cody's competed against Jordan. Um, what's his last name, right? Is it Jordan? No. Uh, Taylor. Taylor. Taylor Bajarman or mm-hmm. Berg, Bergman. Bergman. Berg, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I know I know who you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spaha guy? Oh, no, ZR team. ZR. Yeah, ZR, ZR team kid from Europe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From uh yes. But Mike, he's cool. really good actually. Yeah, he tapped out Roberto good. Jimenez with a triangle one year <laughs> yeah. in Europe. So remember that? Yeah. yeah, I think it was Roberto's first tournament purple. purple belt. Yeah. yeah. And that's when he had to beef up because he was like, I'm too light. <laughs> yeah. He's still getting the, the man strength on him. Wow. Yeah, he could. He's really good. But this this kind of uh, roll it back a little bit then so you guys been super busy been traveling a ton and it's been paying off right because you guys have been making a name for yourself and I think it's maybe maybe people aren't maybe I guess the guys who follow it are aware but Will you're only only a purple belt and Cody is still a brown belt so you guys are out there you're living the jiu-jitsu lifestyle you're competing you're basically professional athletes at this point and you're not even black belts yet I think that's something that maybe um, people don't realize that the work starts earlier than 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 maybe some people realize, right? Because they think, oh, black belt world champion, or sorry, black belts. You know, that's when you get, that's when it begins, right? But you guys have been laying the groundwork on the foundation on this for a while, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I always tell people I'm a purple belt in the gi, but like no gi, I consider myself a little bit higher level than like purple belt you know um i try to compete like expert divisions or if i can jump in a black belt division i'll do as much as possible but in the gi i'm still purple so i still try to fight in purple belt well i guess for you as well the success that you had in no gi speaks for itself right the results i mean so you took third uh the east coast trials when you were still a blue belt right oh no i actually took fourth i didn't get to fight for third place that's right i'm sorry but then you came back you took third at the west coast trials second second yeah oh my god i'm getting my john combs this is why i need my laptop here right yeah i know because i because i lost to pj in the uh west or the east coast in new jersey and then you couldn't continue right yeah in that match and you wanted to fight for third but it just didn't work out with the organization yeah well actually i was supposed to replace him because that was i guess the rules or something so i was supposed to replace him and fight um sateva in the uh, semifinals and um, 
I, did, I didn't get over there in time. They put my name in the system, and they just raised his hand. Oh. And they said that uh, the referee told me that they don't do that in the history of ADCC or something like that. Oh, man. That's and then Mo was like, no, you guys are supposed to fight. You guys are supposed to fight. So huh. it was like a big upset. So then I was supposed to fight um, uh, the guy from Sacramento, um, the Persian. Yeah, <clears throat> Akbari. Dustin yeah. Akbari. I was supposed to fight Dustin Akbari for third place. But he said since I had one last match, it wasn't fair. So, yeah, I agreed with that. So he took third and I took fourth. Okay, so. okay. So my point being that you hit the podium at East Coast Trials as a blue belt. And you, sorry, just missed out on the podium. You hit the podium at West Coast Trials just, it was like, what, like a week, two weeks after getting your purple belt or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, only a few weeks. I think it was less, like three weeks or something like that. And I uh, fought a bunch of good guys at the West Coast. It was fun. And then let's just recap a little bit about your 2019, some of your results. Because, uh, you know, you had uh, the the standout performance at Jits King where you won the 16-man tournament there, right? You tapped out everybody in like a couple minutes max, right? <laughs> how, was, how long was your longest match there? So uh, actually in the finals, I didn't submit him. I forget, uh, his, forget his name, forgive me, but um, he's actually pretty tough. I was ended that, up on, winning. Was it, it wasn't Dan Martinez, was it? No, was no. it Rico Coco? No, no he, no, he, he got I, I, for a Rico round. Yeah. That was second round. Second, second round. Yeah, okay. yeah. That was like a um, minute twenty or something, right? I think it was minute twenty. Yeah. Wow. And um, but we spent most of the time in like a Lego tinglement, so mm. we weren't like moving a lot. We just kind of like got there and then like then I ended up getting the submission. But in the finals, I won twelve zero, so I didn't get the submission. But nice twelve zero is not bad though, right? <laughs> <laughs> I remember actually because the 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 Jiskin tournament having so many of your matches in like you know in the space of one day we got to see uh some really good elements of your game so um that's the kind of the the first time obviously i've been aware of you i watching you at the adcc trials and stuff but the jits king was the first time that i really uh made a point of looking to the see the techniques and strategies that you used and i was like okay let's take a little uh closer look at his game and that's when i really identified that you love for example the body lock pass right and because everybody knows you okay you, you you scramble really well you know we've seen the training videos of you two going at it in the gym but the, we should open the show with that thing that would be awesome should, right <laughs> but the but the, the 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 body lock pass was something that i i saw you doing oh time and time again so it's uh let's talk a little bit about that because that seems to be a really powerful weapon for you huh yeah, so I always liked just kind of more passing. I used to play a lot of guard, but I always wanted to be really good at passing. Um, I felt like it was just my size that kind of kept me from being really good at passing. But once I started getting a little bit bigger and training with him and Rodrigo, um, like just the level of passing that they have there and the pressure is a lot like different. But I was still smaller, so I had to learn like a different way to apply pressure. So I started just – I have decently long arms, so I was just locking my hands around and still trying to apply the same passes with body locks. And it started working, and then – just started trying to do it in tournaments and started working off. So I just kept trying to build a system off of it. But. So it goes to show as well that pressure passing is not just for big guys, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. that kind of misnomer that you know, you've got to be a heavyweight dude to have heavyweight pressure. But it's, it's actually not true. I know it's hard to, uh, to explain technique when we're sitting down here and not training. But what's the biggest mistake people make trying to do the body lock pass? Uh, for me, it's head positioning. Like every time I show someone a body lock and they go like, go try it and come back they're like oh what was i doing i'm like well show it to me and they miss out on the head position like where should the head be always under the chin like you mm-hmm. have to force their head flat to the mat if you let them get to their side or like sit up and start playing butterfly it's like so hard and if they push your face fame your face away it's so hard to get a body lock but if you keep your head under their chin it's like a lot more difficult for them to get their frames in and stuff Got it. So after after the Jits King, uh, for the latter half of the year, we just mentioned it briefly, you had the, the, the Euro trip and you had that crazy tournament in the Ukraine, which was like a quintet style uh, event, I believe. Mm-hmm. You both competed on the same mm-hmm. team, Team USA, right? Yeah. 
But uh, what else was there? I know we're missing a ton oh, out. We you had, had the, Cody's uh, combat jiu-jitsu as well. No, hang on a yeah, yeah. Just finishing up Will's results okay. real quick because you had you had some some significant super fights, and then there was BJJ fanatics. But mm. what else? Is there anything major I'm missing? So I did uh, kind of right around the Jits King time. I think it was I did Midwest finishers. It's like a EBI tournament out in Chicago, and then um, actually, sorry, the day before that we we did the um, Third Coast Grappling in Houston. And I had a super fight That's on that, right. a brown belt super fight. And then the next morning, because Cody had a super fight with DJ Jackson, the next morning we flew out to Chicago, competed in Chicago. And then I think it was two weeks or the weekend later is when I did Jits King. Wow. So and you did then, third coast grappling on the Saturday night. And then the next morning you flew out to, where was it in the Midwest? Um, Chicago. And you went to Chicago and you competed in that the Midwest finishers tournament as mm-hmm. well. It's a hell of a pace, man. That's, yeah. Uh, that's, that's pretty crazy. It was really like stressful in my body too. Like I really, right now I'm taking a lot of time to just get healthy and stuff because I was like doing a super fight. Super fight's really stressful. You know, a lot of like anticipation goes into one match and then I would fly out the next day and do like, um, have four or five matches Wow, that could be 10, 15 minutes long. And it was just really like hard on my body. So I had to like, you know, right now I'm taking time to rest and recover and stuff. So it's good. But the turkey dinner one too. Oh yeah, yeah I did um, uh, in New the York? Grappling Idiots uh-huh. tournament that Matt Kaplan put on. What was on. it called? It's the Winner Winner Turkey Dinner Tournament. Nice, <laughs> 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 great name, great yeah. name. Did you win a turkey? Um, no, I won like Should've. a little trophy. That was a turkey, but yeah, <laughs> it was nice. around Thanksgiving time, so that's why I think why that's I did badass. that. But, and then, I had four fa- four fights on that one too. That was they were almost they're all pretty long. I think my fights averaged around like eight minutes for that. Wow, one. okay, so, tough tournament then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a strong nogi scene in uh, New York area, right? So. Yeah, like there was a couple good guys. I think Felipe Silva. I fought Felipe Silva. Uh-huh. Um, He's I a nogi world's medalist, right? Mm-hmm. Silver yes. medalist, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the Pan Am black belt nogi world champion or nogi champion, uh, Athos Miranda. Athos Miranda. Yeah, Miranda. Yeah, from Alliance. Yeah. Fought him and then um, uh, who else? Did I? I had two other fights. Who were the yeah, other guys? One guy was from 10th Planet. Like, oh, yeah. And another guy from 10th Planet. Um, I forget his name, but he was pretty tough. Yeah, I had some good good matches. It was yeah. fun. So, bunch of tough guys. A couple of black belts there from the New York scene. It's crazy. So, you mentioned the the one of the big wins that you had you know, over the over the summer there, Cody. And he, you know, will mention it quickly about your super fight with DJ Jackson. Yeah, is that the most significant win for you from 2019, or is there something else that stands out? <clears throat> um, because you say. had a pretty busy year too, right? You've been yeah. you've been on that you've been on that train as well. Yeah, I think it, it was, like, the combat was more like, oh, wow, I like, can't believe I did that. But, like, <laughs> fighting uh, DJ was, m- like, more my exciting fight just because the fight was exciting. And then also, like, I just, like, like, I always remember watching DJ. So, like, I remember we were sitting in the car. I was like, man, DJ is so good. DJ is I was like, oh, that'd be crazy to fight him or something or it'd be weird. And then uh, I was supposed to fight Mateus Lutz on Third Coast, but then he fought Craig Jones, and then I think he hurt his knee or he something did, like yeah. that. <clears throat> so Surprise, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, so he pulled out, and then... Uh, Actually, he, you know, to be fair, uh, and taking nothing away from Craig, but uh, Mateus had already injured his knee uh, oh, a couple be- weeks earlier. That. Yeah, because remember that July 4th Kasai mm-hmm. event in uh, Orlando, Florida? Oh, yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, Mateus yeah. Lutz fought uh, Baby, Baby Monster, Monster yeah. and he just basically ripped his leg out of a real deep nasty inside heel hook and he paid the price i mean he won that match but you know it's what they call that that. yeah what they call a pyrrhic victory you know where you basically the the damage that you incur is is more than the the, the victory that you walked away with you know Mm -hmm. so but hey he won that match but then yeah i think the injury bothered him for a while Mm, so yeah so you took you took on dj instead yeah so i ended up fighting dj and then um 
Yeah, it was it was a really it was a good fight, but for me it was just like a lot of things. Like it was like one, I was fighting someone that it was like a high level to me. I was like, wow, I didn't know if I could ever even reach a level like that. And then um, going out and then fighting and winning, it was just like it was kind of like I went over like a mental barrier and stuff. So I was like, maybe you know, maybe I could do this. You know, how do you mean like? I don't know because I feel like sometimes like people they see someone and they see their name mm-hmm. and then they're like they don't fight they just kind of like go through the motions you know and they just then they lose and I I when I used to wrestle in high school I would, I would almost do that like I'd see some tough guy and I was like oh dang I gotta fight this guy and then right, he just right. like he'd come beat me I walk off defeating yeah right okay I'd walk off the mat and I was like I mean I'm not really that tired and I didn't really even I guess I didn't even really try that hard and then. Um, so then, like, that kind of, like, learned from that. But then, like, yeah, just getting past DJ was, like, a good mental barrier. And even sometimes then I was like, eh, I don't know, maybe it was just, like, a fluke for myself or something. But um, then later I ended up having combat. And then now it's just, like, you just have to have a lot of confidence in yourself. And Tell us about that then. Tell us about the combat jiu-jitsu experience because that's pretty yeah, wild, right? right? Yeah, that was that was crazy. Well, when they called, they, William was actually supposed to do it. He was He was signed up to do it. But then he got called to do the Kasai. So then, and then we have his little brother, Andrew. And so like Andrew ended up doing this like in-house tournament for like money on, it was like a Friday. And then William fought on Saturday. And then, so we just decided like, all right, you'll do the Kasai and then I'll just jump over to combat. And then I'll have that on Sunday. Yeah, we're all different parts of this. Thing. Yeah, and we're all so different it, all over. You guys are kind of similar size, right? I mean, you've just dropped a little bit of weight recently, Cody. So you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of more similar size nowadays. So is you kind of sharing the opportunities, it seems, huh? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I would kind of walk around like I was walking a little heavy at the time. And then, but now, like, just naturally, I've just kind of like thrown my my my, my, my weights came down a lot, and then his weights like shooting. He's a growing boy, so he's, like, <laughs> every week, every month, he's like getting taller and bigger. You know, so. who knows where you're gonna top out at, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll we see. don't know. So. I mean, if you look at you guys' Instagram, you lift what like six days a week? I feel like how how often do you guys lift? Six days a week. Sometimes sometimes seven. You don't find that to be detrimental to your rolling. I know lots of people are like, oh, man, if you lift that much, you can't roll the same. But you guys seem to be also rolling crazy hard all the time as well. What's uh, the secret there? How do you guys do it? Dedicating days to recovery for sure. Yeah, we we definitely – people don't see that we recover. We recover pretty hard. And, like, we have certain days that we have, like, this day, this day, this day. We're, like, we're going to – we're going at it. We're going to go at it really hard. And then we have other days where it's, like, drill, almost not even rolling. We like we won't really roll with each other so you have your hard days you like yeah. days okay so th- those videos the infamous videos that yeah. we posted of you guys going balls to the wall like all out in training yeah. it's not like that every day no, no those are our scrap day. nights yeah, for sure those are like <laughs> our certain days when we're like okay we're gonna like we're gonna go at it and yeah. you weren't just putting it on for the camera either you actually do train like that yeah. sometimes I yeah think, no that's the way yeah. we train like on our scrap days we go hard we yeah. don't like we'll do specific training and we're like going at it you know yeah. we're going at it to where we're like hurting each other but we're training hard, you know. Like right, you just about. need to take the intensity up, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like we've had like way more crazy scrambles than that video. <laughs> yeah. We've had like some wars in the gym, just like going in, like we're running into running each other at the, the wall. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. those are only one minute goes, the ones you guys see on Instagram. Yeah. But there's some that like we'll do like long rounds, and we're just like falling over the <laughs> yeah. mat. Roger goes like go 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 go, and yeah. like we're both standing up like wobbling because yeah. we can't even really stand. Like we do that sometimes too, and yeah. it's it's awful. Wow, I mean it. Looking at your success, uh, you have basically international level wins. You're at the pinnacle of the sport, both of you. But you're coming from a relatively small team. I mean, mm. really, it is – you could say you two are the most elite athletes there. How do you uh, manage to keep up with guys that have 
an academy of 30 plus black belts that all want to be world champions you know what how do you balance the training with guys that are more recreational players and you know make make it work for you i feel like um we have a really good instructor uh rodrigo he was the one who runs brazilian fight factory and he kind of he guides us a lot really well like he's like if like if he sees us doing something he'll be like, hey you need to go do yoga so then like we all start doing yoga together or like you need to rest or he like he's very good at like or if he sees us doing something he he critiques it really fast and not too many people actually know who rodrigo is right mm-hmm. he's kind of not no he's not really a big name in the international jiu-jitsu scene mm-hmm. why don't you tell us a little bit about your coach rodrigo who is he where's he from what has he done so rodrigo he started off and i think it was gracie maita in brazil and he trained with like Saulo and Shanji and all those guys and um you know galvao and all those dudes like it was like the that was like the hub of all the big gyms back then, like all the when they were starting off and stuff. So he trained there. He ended up switching to Checkmat and got his black belt under Leo. He went to London and opened up London Fight Factory there. And it was actually the biggest gym in London there. And um, he actually ended up having to leave because uh, immigration laws and stuff. So he had to end up leave, go back to Brazil. So he came out to America and opened up or started training at John's Gym. Yeah, John's Gym. Yeah, he was teaching at John's Gym and got his, you know, Got, they got him on his feet and stuff and then opened up Brazilian Fight Factory. And, um, yeah, he's he's tough, man. He's competed in some pretty tough tournaments, too. Like, he won Brazilian Nationals at Black Belt. Like, he has some pretty good accolades no and stuff. That he, is no joke. Brazilian yeah. Nationals is one of the toughest tournaments in the world. Yeah, and he he won Ultra Heavy, and I think he was only a Super Heavy, but he moved to Ultra Heavy and won wow. Ultra Heavy. Yeah, he doesn't look Ultra yeah. Heavy. I met him the other day. He's not that big. I wouldn't yeah. put him in that category. Yeah. Yeah. So, then, interesting, um, Andre Borges, the, uh, the, the mastermind, the the, the oracle we call him, the brains yeah. behind BJJHeroes.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to train with Rodrigo back in Europe, and he told me that Rodrigo was one of the best coaches that he's ever trained under. And I thought that was really interesting because he, you know, like I said, he's not a very well-known guy, and it's amazing that he's managed to fly under the radar a little bit. But um, I mean, let's talk a little bit about your relationship with him. Then I mean, like. How did that come about? Because neither of you started off with Rodrigo, but I think it's fair to say that you wouldn't be where you are if it hadn't been for him because you, you both went there and then your career's elevated. Is that fair? Well, well, I started, well, like, when I started jiu-jitsu, I started jiu-jitsu in 2013, and then he was already, like, living here. So I started, when I started jiu-jitsu, he, like, taught me my first arm bar. Oh, really? Yeah. You started, started with from with White Belt yeah, with Rodrigo? With White Belt, yeah. Oh, okay. Because, but you're not from Austin originally, is that right? No, I'm over uh, Washington. And that's yeah. where you started wrestling before? Yeah, I was wrestling right. over there, yeah. So you started jujitsu here in Austin, like day one yeah, with Rodrigo. Day one white belt, yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> so. pretty cool, man. Not many instructors have uh, the the pedigree where they can build someone from nothing and yeah. turn him into mm-hmm. an elite athlete like that. Yeah, Rodrigo always talks about that. He said like a lot of people can like you know bring people from other teams to their gym and build a good team, yeah. but not a lot of people can like take someone from white belt and make them you know really really good and stuff and he's he's a good coach you know mm. i've trained at a lot of a lot of different gyms you know i was on crazy baja for quite a while i was on hibero jiu-jitsu and i've been under a lot of different like high level professors and when i started training with him it was just completely different he's personal like yeah. he, he you think he's like a father figure you know mm-hmm. not only is he like that on the mat but off the mat too you know that's cool and um Constantly, like, picks a part of your game. Hey, you need to work this. He looks at your game individually and tries to help it, you know. Not just to make it like his game, but for your jiu-jitsu as well. Not just a know? teacher, a real coach. Yeah. yeah. Coach so on the you started with, for... with Rodrigo's white belt then. At what point did you make the switch over? Because you just mentioned there you were with a couple different teams. Mm-hmm. At what point did you did you link up with Rodrigo? Where were you in your jiu-jitsu career? So, I believe I was turning 16. 
And um, I had done a few other tournaments. I had done a few tournaments recently, and I was, like, losing, but barely. Like, I was losing by, like, weird things. Like, I could have won the matches. I know I should have won the matches. Were you a blue belt already, or? Yeah, I just got, yeah. I got my blue belt for maybe, like, a yeah. half a year or something like uh -huh. that. And um, I was, you know, I was losing to guys that I sh know I shouldn't have lost to. I was losing fights that I, like, I was like, man, I could have won that. I was ahead, and I just made a mistake. And um, I was cross-training with Cody because we met at the, um, the Onnit right, Invitational. Yeah. When he right. suplexed that guy on his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. infamous, yeah. It's not the first time you've done that. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not the last. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not the last. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we met at the Onnit, so we started cross-training together and stuff. And then um, I was going to Fight Factory here and there, and Rodrigo was fixing my game, and he was wanting to see my tape and, like, wanting to fix, like, the mistakes I made in my matches. And I was like, wow, this is, like, really, really cool. I haven't had this before from a really? professor, you know? Like, um, I've had people wanting to help me and stuff, but he was just at a different level of that. Like, really wanting to study my tape, really wanting me to, like, do specific training on the places that I was making mistakes. And then I started, like, things were clicking, and I was like, wow, this just makes sense. So I just made the switch, and then, you know. So, it history, was, so originally it was by linking up with Cody and having mm -hmm. met a competition and then, you know, cross training together. But when you made that connection with Rodrigo, you were like, okay, this is the place for me. Yeah, because I rolled with him and I knew he was good because I had had some teammates that had trained with him before and they said that he, like he destroyed them and stuff. But I had never actually rolled with him. So when I rolled with him, it just felt like that next level of pressure. You know, like when I rolled with like Lovato and rolls with guys like that, I felt that same next level of pressure. And then, you know, I was really like attracted to that. Like I wanted someone that would destroy me. But then whenever he was helping me like positionally too and not only just beating me and rolling, that was like a big step for me because I was like, wow, he's not only wanting to like roll and beat me up, but like he'll also help me. Like when the roll's over, he'll correct some things, you know. He'll want to see my tape from like fights. He'll want to like pull me aside after class and say, hey, let's work this. And, you know, he's a really, really good coach. Go back to what you said there, Chase, actually. The, you, you asked the question about how two guys from a small town, mm. small team with, you know, you don't have like the, the room full of 20, 30 black belts to train with like some places, right? So that, <clears throat> that's, that's kind of interesting. Dive into that one for us. Want me too? Or you're looking, looking, looking at me, but I think that's for these guys. No, because you got you got those questions there. Well, you know, uh, for me, you know, the real question is when you're reviewing tape and when you identify a weakness or something you want to adjust. You know, I want to know how you guys go about doing that. You know, it, it's of course something I love to do for the show, fix my game. You know, and I'm always looking at ways to incorporate like practical advice into real adjustments in the way I do jujitsu, which is I think is really hard as you get going in jujitsu. You sort of fall into old habits and things. I imagine some of those those um, less talented athletes and more recreational players are a big factor in the way you guys demo techniques. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, like like how we learn and things sure. like that. Yeah, um, I mean, like we, like over at the Fight Factory, like we're all like, we have like a really close, tight niche. Like, you know, like everyone's like good family, you know? And like even our like, like hobbyists that we have there, like they're tough, man. They're like they're like I can walk into the gym and I roll with him and then his brother and then I roll with the other guys and like I'm I'm beat, you know. But we also like we keep it live there. Like we keep it very hype. Like when we like have competitions day, we're like yelling at each other, we're screaming, we're jumping up and down, we're like shoving each other, talking mess. <laughs> like we like to get in each other's like in each other's head, you know. And um, 
I think we always just keep like a really good like like foundation, a good uh, environment, and I think I think that's just the best way to grow. You know, I always make it fun, always make it light. You know, good energy. Yeah, always good. We we have great energy over there. We have a lot of people that have trained at like bigger schools mm-hmm. and that now train at our gym, and they say that like the difference between the thirty black belts on the mat and having like you know a few black belts on the mat, a few guys that are tough. The coach can like go around and really be a part of your game. You know, I feel like when there's like thirty people on the mat, like. 30 black belts on the mat and you know you're just a number at yeah. that point it's really hard for a coach to be like to really dive into your game personally and like help you individually you know unless there are multiple coaches working with that team it yeah. gets a little bit spread out and right? even then it's hard because then like the stars are like divided a little bit you know yeah. if the tension it's like on 30 stars 30 guys that are winning like at the highest level podium at worlds and stuff it's hard to like uh, it's just it's hard to get that same like focus from the instructor you know he has to div- his attention's divided you know even from if there's multiple coaches you know if it's just you and a few other guys and you guys are work- able to work together and grow together and push each other it's all you, I, in my opinion it's all you need you know you just need someone that has the same mindset as you same goals as you and um, you know isn't lazy you guys are able to push each other. So you've got the, obviously, the, the, the both of you, you pretty much live in each other's pockets, right? Because you're training together, you're working out together, you're in recovery together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps that you're both very, very much on the same path, right? You're completely aligned on what it is that you guys want to achieve. But you also got your brother as well, right? Andrew. Mm-hmm. How old's Andrew now? Andrew's 16, so he's two years younger than me. So and he's coming through, though. He's coming up those ranks pretty oh, fast, he, right? He hangs out with us just as much as we hang out with each other, you know? Yeah. He lifts weights every single time with us. He does specific training every single time with us. You know, when we do yoga, he goes with us. We're literally, like, super close in the network. We even even got younger kids. Like, we got Jackson. He's a kid on our team. Super tough orange belt. My little brother, Caleb, he's six years younger than me. He's super tough, too. We got, like, the next generation coming up, too. It's really, really neat. Is is he going to be like Mickey Ryan to Gordon? Is he going to come up (laughs) at some point? Is he going to be, like, you know, the the little brother that actually is better than the big brother? (laughs) I mean, very well could happen. I mean, he's, like, The full claim and put a double double ADCC champ over there. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) No, it could happen. Like, like they're beasts. Like, I see them doing stuff. I'm like, I wasn't doing that at their age. Oh, yeah. you know? ah, they, they're getting that head start, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Jackson, like, he looks like if you could take a black belt, a very technical black belt, and put it in, like, a little 12-year-old's body, like, that's what he is. Oh, he keep bolo, take oh, back. He'll oh, wow. do heel hooks. He'll... He'll do everything. He's crazy. Yeah, kids these days are pretty scary, I gotta say. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad to be Masters eligible. It's like the, it's the greatest thing, man. I'm like, you guys do your thing over there. Yeah. But you both will be Masters eligible by the time that they're like, I hate so. I'll be Masters 3. It'll be fine. But you're both pretty young. So you're 18. You're 23? Uh, 24. Yeah. 24? Just mm-hmm. a happy birthday. <laughs> so um, you, guys, uh, you guys are definitely part of this new wave then, right? You're kind of coming through, breaking through in the scene. Um, purple on brown belt i guess like just sort of take a little look forward then because we've done a lot looking back at you know the successes you've had and the, the path you've been on in 2019 2020 what, what's the what's the goals here for both of you what's uh what is it that you're hoping to achieve you go first? Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah for me i'm i'm just focusing on the trials really it's like my my end goals the adcc, ADCC trials. trials yeah i I got a taste of being on the mats for the actual ADCC last time because I was a top reserve. I got to be there, cut weight, step on the mats, and like just feel the energy there. Right. So maybe not, not compete, too many so. people actually know that because you weren't listed in the brackets or anything. But you were the number one reserve that if anything happened to anybody like the day of or the day before ADCC, 
you would be put in that 77 kilogram bracket, right? Yeah, for the 77 kgs. So it was tough because I really, really wanted to be there. And when I lost in the finals for the West Coast, I was just like really upset and stuff. So I was just like, okay, I'm just going to train as hard as I can, act like I'm in the tournament. Hopefully I get called up for a reserve. And Mo ended up messaging me and saying, hey, man, we got you on like top reserve. So I was like really excited. I ended up cutting a bunch of weight and getting there and standing at the edge of the mats and realizing that, man, I could be on these mats tomorrow. Like, I was just super stoked. You're literally so, yeah. that close. Yeah, literally, I was yeah. so close. Like, and it didn't happen, so it was kind of like, okay, well, my next opportunity is the trials for this next time. So for me, it's just my end goal is the trials. I want to get a few. Well, like, that's a fair way away. That's November. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so that, like, that's a whole almost an entire year. What, what are you going to do in between now and then? Um, right now, I'm going to try to do 88 kilograms this next time. So oh, I'm going to really? try to get as, like, Put on as much weight as I can. We're getting jacked in 2020. That's what I mean. We'll see how jacked I can get. You heard it here first. (laughs) What if Tack is beefing up in 2020? (laughs) I'm going to try. So I actually have a super fight with Stefan Bonta on um, third, third, third coast, coast grappling, grappling in March yeah it's a we no time limit we are really match. looking forward to that by the way no time limit yeah. submission only match mm-hmm. it's going to be super fun I've never done a t- no time limit before um, it's a really it's a new rule set for me and I think it's new for him too so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out Stefan's um, super tough right he's pulled oh, yeah. out from Dallas uh, training with the double five crew and the soul fighters kind of association mm-hmm. um Man, like it's kind of crazy, but people don't realize that he's like he's pretty much Joao Gabriel Hosha's number one training partner. Yeah, and Joao Gabriel's big, big dude. And yeah. Stefan's pretty big too, right? Yeah, we're fighting at one eighty five, so okay. um, I think he's gonna cut a little bit, and I'm trying to put on some weight to get there. So hopefully, this is a good way for me to like start bulking and then get ready for the trials. So I'm gonna try to get a few super fights from now until like the end of the trials the match with Stefan's interesting then because uh, you've had so much experience in no gi especially um, you know with heel hooks and leg locks and stuff but uh, how about him because I've seen Stefan do no gi but I'm not sure mm-hmm. he's competed under those kind of rule sets I honestly don't think he has um, I know he double golded at the blue belt no gi world yeah that's um, where he really like came to our attention because he looked awesome at that tournament yeah he did look really good I, I watched his fights he's tough you know um, I don't know if he's done any submissions with uh, tournaments with heel hooks in him. So you might have so, a little bit of an edge there. Then. Yeah, Possibly. I actually met Let's with see. him uh, on Tuesday. I was up in Dallas filming for Kasai, and of course he was training with Joao Gabriel, so we are talking about who's number one and third coast because he's on both of those. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he said there wasn't a, um, a tournament that he's done with the heel hooks, but, you know, he trains with them. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, it is a different ballpark, though, to have that it's a big factor. kind of anxiety almost, knowing that this yeah. is a tournament and he's not going to release when he catches this like it could mm-hmm. be on so yeah we'll i feel like it is that. a big difference because i used to train with heel hooks all the time but like first couple tournaments i did i did okay but i never really fought someone super high level with leg locks not saying i'm high level with leg locks i still have a lot to learn but like once i fought someone that had like really good leg locks it was just completely different and i had to like really focus on it um not saying he's not like he could be really really good at defending them I just haven't, haven't gotten to take it. a look at it right. yet. So we'll see. I How mean, are you going to approach that, though? Like, no no time limit submission only. It's such a, uh, such a unique rule set. Yeah. For me, I don't like to focus on really one aspect of the game too much. Like, I wouldn't consider myself a leg lock guy. wouldn't consider myself, like, a wrestler. wouldn't consider myself a guard player. I just like to go into the fight with however it plays out. You know, if they want to play a certain way, then I start playing that way. Um, I'm not going to probably explode too, too much because there's no time limit, you know? Kind <laughs> of save something in the tank. Yeah, yeah I'll probably save something in the tank, but I'm not going to uh, take it any lightly either, you know? Cody, you, you getting pulled into the is. no time limit training sessions over here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys doing some marathon rolls? 
Yeah. yeah. We do 10-minute rounds a lot, yeah, though. Yeah, we do 10-minute rounds a lot. Because, so. I mean, even for the trials, it's good to be prepped for long mm-hmm. long rounds and stuff. Are you going to have to do that, though? Are you going to have to run kind of like a simulation training where you just turn the clock off and you just roll until until whenever yeah. somebody dies yeah. <laughs> basically like i feel like whenever we do no time limit matches with like because i've never done a no time limit before but some of my teammates have and we'll have just, you done one cody i don't think so no you never done, done no time limit so. brandon's done one but um another guy from our team and um basically we just put them in the middle and take like four guys and put them on the wall right. and do five minute rounds but Shark then every five minute you just switch guys but the round never stops mm-hmm. so you just go until they get subbed basically wow. and they're cool. gonna get no, that's eventually. not shark tank that's iron man yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> brutal for sure yeah. but like not go super hard you know because you can get hurt that way going fresh right. guys but yeah you gotta you gotta pace that right but moving yeah. constantly where you're moving and you know getting the feel of like going with no time limit going till submission you know wow Interesting. Yeah. So, third coast grappling, you've got that super fight. Have you got any other confirmed matches after that? No. So, sadly, I had Wagner for um, Jits, Jits King, King but yeah. he ended up, I believe, getting injured. So, he ended and, up pulling and out. Unfortunately, kind of, you did too, right? So, yeah. So, one of those shortly after he pulled out, I hurt my ribs. Mm. Um, actually, I hurt my ribs in Ukraine, but they were better. And I ended up re-injuring them after he pulled out. So, I mean, I would have still fought with hurt ribs just because it's just a good, big opportunity for me. Oh, you did but, so well there last time. Yeah, it was just a big opportunity. You know, I'd love to fight Wagner. You know, he I've looked up to him as a you know, an, a, a like a rough athlete for a while, you know. I like the idea that he like goes out there and fights that he doesn't play for points, he doesn't play for advantages. I like the he idea goes that he goes for it. Yeah. <laughs> breaks people so, for sure, breaks them mentally. It's yeah. Yes. So that's like my, you know, I looked up to him. I look up to him a lot because of that. You know, he doesn't fight for like a sport he fights because it's like an actual match you know mm-hmm. he's trying to go out there and finish so it was interesting i was really inter- uh, really excited to fight him you know have a match with him but you know we pulled it he pulled out hopefully that we get a match later on this year but right now i don't have anything confirmed just Stefan right now so, so you're really thinking okay got this match in march and you got trials and that in between is wide open right now mm-hmm. so yeah i'm trying to just get maybe two or three super fights i'm gonna fight in the gi worlds and then uh, maybe austin open just so we can rep austin but other than that just focus on the trials oh so you, you yeah. are gonna do the gi as well you're not gonna go fully down that no gi path no okay, i competed cool. in the gi i think five or six times last year so i did compete in the gi a good amount just not as much as i did no gi awesome i like because the, the two are kind of diverging right it's definitely becoming like mm-hmm. a choice now that you if you wanted to just focus purely on no gi there's there's an opportunity there mm-hmm. people can do that you don't necessarily need to do both anymore i mean we've seen some great examples of guys like gordon ryan but there are many others who have um you know have done the same thing and they've just chosen no gi as their path and they've mm-hmm. able to they're able to own that um, but there are others who do both and balance both, and it's maybe a little more challenging. But but you definitely you you want to kind of you want to mix it up. You want to do both. Yeah, uh, if it was up to me, I'd probably just do nogi. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, I like nogi a lot more. You got but, Rodrigo saying, "Hey, you got to yes. put the gi on." But okay. he, you know, I trust my coach, and he tells me to put the gi on because it creates Fit. more opportunity. And um, you know, in the end, when I open up my own academy, people want to learn the gi too. So you got to be able to back that up with accomplishments as well. You know to gain students and things so cool but open for super fights so promoters can hit yes, you up and please anything you up Kasai, in 2020. King, um you know Polaris, anything fight to I, win let's, get it, to let's win, get it done it. man there's so, so many shows out there there's so many opportunities so looks like you got some pretty clear goals about ADCC mm-hmm. trials Cody how about you man so you know last year you had such success with combat jiu-jitsu and you know you were competing on the no-gi scene as well like so what about yourself like what have you got in mind for 2020 do you have similar goals to will or are you aiming for something different 
Yeah, <clears throat> the, definitely the trials. trials. Like, yeah, like that's that's where it's at. Like, and then especially after uh, seeing the ADCs, you know, because we he went and we went just in case he got in, you know. But just seeing the event was like extra motivating, you know. So like right now, that's like and that's that's the goal. Everything else and anything else before that is practice. So let me ask real quick then: if he's going to go up to eighty-eight, does that mean you're going to do seventy-seven? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're actually kind of switching because you used to do the higher division, right? Yes, uh, I did. I did it. F- uh, I went up there, and it's hard because like like my style a little bit is like a lot of like uh, like uh, explosive uh-huh. or like kind of like wrestling and stuff. And fighting guys like that big when I'm not naturally that big is it's more difficult for me, you know. But fighting guys like that are my own size, if I fight that way, I can always put like exciting fights on. I can put good fights on, and I feel comfortable and uh, just exchanging just jujitsu in general, you know, scrambles and everything, you know. You look good, yeah. You look great when you do that. So, so I'm definitely I'll probably be at 77 now. Like I'm hoping to like take like all my fights at 77 i keep getting a lot some offers sometimes for like to fight heavier guys and i'm like man like i don't want to i want to fight these guys but they're just so big you know but um you got to put it out there i think you got to let people know that listen 77 is where i'm at now yeah. because maybe if you have that reputation of fighting bigger guys they're going to keep offering you a bigger guy yeah. so i think it's because he looks looks so swole too he's like <laughs> super lean and jacked so like people think he's huge he's you do look pretty wa- big in those photos no. you're like why wow, he yeah. must be 220 that guy yeah. he's always walked around at 75 to yeah. 82 like he never yeah. really gets above that you know wow. people think he's really big so but, that's only like you know? 170-ish a little yeah. bit yeah like he wow. normally fought like if he cuts weight he fights at 70 you know mm-hmm. if he doesn't cut weight he fights at 75 so people think that he's super big but you know yeah. just because he's jacked he's, he's basically kind of small really so you say that ADCC the big goal everything else in between is practice but do you have a clear idea of, of what's what the next super fight you've got let me see you've got uh, you've got a couple coming up right mm-hmm. You got, in fact you've got a really busy couple of weeks yeah, yeah. so you've got Jits King on the 24th of January right yes sir next weekend yes. and you've got and then the who so you got on Jits King I have uh, John Combs. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be fun. So you can try and get one back for Will on yeah, that yeah. one, right? That's, that's definitely the goal. Uh, you two are going to match up well because John I'm Combs is for that match. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, he's got that scrappy wrestling style too, right? Yeah, he does. So I'm excited. We were actually supposed to fight <clears throat> at Fight to Win, and I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. But, oh, I remember that. That yeah. was meant to be on the Austin show, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. But it was getting kind of close to the ADCs, and I think he hurt his knee or something like that. And so, Yeah, because like, he'd qualified, so he kind of he, mm-hmm. he needed a yeah. Yeah, keep himself alive. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, That's so he, he ended up doing that, but I figured eventually we're gonna meet up. So and now we're doing it this time, and then uh, what so are the rules on that one? Uh, is it like ADC rules kind yeah, of? Yeah, it's modified it ADCC rules. Yeah. So for Jits King, it's basically ADCC, but you can slam from any position. So you can like, Ooh. yeah, you can slam him from the guard, and I don't think there's reversal points. So I think reversal points like sweet points, not reversal points. Yeah, so right. only sweet points. So like side control and mount doesn't count. Yeah, um, they basically made it a little bit more jujitsu than like wrestling, so it doesn't count for like rolling from someone from side control or something like that. Got it. But so Jits King twenty fourth. That's in Florida. That's yes. going to be a fun one. And yes. then uh, you got a couple more lined up, like yeah. quick succession after that. Yeah, right? Kasai as well. Yeah, Kasai will be the the week straight after. So that's February first <laughs> in Dallas. Yes, sir. Yeah. And you got uh, you got a, a, a local Texan. You got Cameron mm-hmm. Crouch, right? Yeah, from uh, from Dallas. Yeah, I've never I've never like seen too much of him, uh, but people say he's like a really good wrestler. 
So yeah, black belt and yeah, black solid belt wrestler as well. Wrestling. Yeah. So I'm excited to like. He actually fought on the last Kasai. Yeah. The, the one in Dallas, like exactly one year ago, he fought on that one and he had a really good match. So yeah, you can I, go watch that on floorgrappling.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think he won that fight. He did. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> so yeah, I'll be fighting him. That'll be a good match. And then March, I have Third Coast. And I'm gonna fight Victor uh, Severo. Yeah. Ooh. Shooting of a rematch, right? You guys met at Combat Jiu Jitsu. Is that correct? No. You did, or you did not? You yeah. Did not. Okay. I, I've always been, like I said, I've always been in like the same bracket as him. Combat, I was in the same bracket. Uh, BJJ Fanatics, I was in the same bracket. And you like, just never faced off. We never, we never met. So, wow. but I was always like, man, I hope I get him like first round, second round, just because like. I don't know. I, I've seen him fight before, and like sometimes he'll post videos of him like doing nogi rolls, and he's just like scrapping hard. He's very aggressive, and I like that. You know? Aggressive is the is the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish there was like, a, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I wish there was a better a better yeah. label than aggressive because like that he's like aggressive times ten. That guy yeah. like, he can be so intense, right? Yeah. So I asked I asked Ryan if I could just get a match with him because I was like, nice. man, like like I want to win all these fights. But I also like because, like I said, the ADCs is like the the trials is like the goal. But like I want to put on like really exciting fights. Like I want to put like the biggest scrambles, biggest throws, like just everything. Like I just want to please the freaking crowd, you know? That's yeah. All. Rodrigo like, always talks about that too. He always yeah. says like it doesn't really matter if you beat someone that's a big name, but if you do something crazy to someone that's a big name, then people remember you, you know? Like, he suplexed someone on their head and got DQ'd in the IBGF tournament, yeah. but it went viral. And, <laughs> right. Know, but, yeah, you know, it was that moment of notoriety, right? Yeah, so. but if you would beat that guy by points, you know, people might not have said anything. Right. Know? They would have just looked at it like the picture and moved on. But they see something like a suplex, and they're like, whoa. And then they want to, like, see who this guy is. They start following him. You know, they come on the picture. Well, know. especially in the pro jiu-jitsu scene as well, because yeah. uh, Josh Hinger said this really well when we had him in here for the podcast recently, saying that, man, like, listen, people are paying to watch you, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and you got to put on a show. You have to entertain. It's like, yes, it is about winning, but at the same time, it's a... Uh, it's a pro sport and you know people want to be entertained so yeah. you've got to go out there and you've got to put it you know laid on the line yeah. but I the third coast you had such a great performance against DJ last year mm -hmm. um, so you must be excited to go back and to try and do that yeah. again yeah and I like I feel like he's he's gonna come crazy like I hope he just doesn't sit on his butt and start scooting towards <laughs> me I've never like, seen him do that ever yeah. Yeah. Nick Ryan <laughs> Nicky Ryan did that Oh yeah, Sorry, I mean, yeah, that's Nick Rodriguez. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> He's bigger than him, but I'm expecting like probably a lot of clubbing and a lot of like just takedowns. Like, I mean, if I take him down, I'll probably just wave his ass up and like let's go again. You know, like I want it to be most exciting. Like that's that's kind of what I'm shooting for. Also, also to win, but like like for me, like in tournaments, sometimes I feel like. I fight a little boring sometimes because I'm like I, I need to win this tournament or I want to win this tournament especially There's, if you've got two three more matches ahead yeah, on you right? like I have to kind of like wait and stall a little bit or maybe like go forward or just hold the back a little longer or something and not gas my arms out but like super fights um, there's like a big crowd there's lights there's people you know like I I just like, I love it and I feel get hyped right yeah, people will be screaming and I get crazy I'm like yeah <laughs> I want to start I want to just get into crazy matches so that's why that Ukraine tournament was cool because you were able just to like if you beat someone then you can just go balls to the walls in the next yeah. next match because then you, you, know, have, you have your teammate yeah. next so it doesn't yeah. really matter if you win or lose you know as long as you just go the whole time limit so so you mentioned there as well about how you know, the, the tournament thing that's kind of interesting right because um, there is a big difference in, in how you can perform in a tournament compared yeah. to like super fights um, and you both have a number of super fights lined up 
but you both want to do ADCC, which obviously is a tournament, and especially those trials, man. It's like five, sometimes six matches to to get gold, right? Yeah. So, um, what what's the kind of the what's the ideal situation for you guys? Like, how would you balance that ratio if you were competing? You know, would you want to do fifty fifty tournament super fights, or would you want to do more of one, less of the other? Um, <clears throat> I feel like. I feel like we kind of just we take we take what we got like if we can do super fights we take them because we always learn from them it's good experience and especially like when you're dealing with like the crowd and the lights like it's like when people compete in tournaments they get so nervous so then when you when you fight in like a tournament or like when you find like a super fight it's like 10 times more than that i feel you know so like i feel like right now we're just going to experience and get all this good experience and then when we train we train for the adcs we train for the rounds we train for the points we train like how to win you know we try to be are you, are you going to come back to do combat jiu-jitsu this year as well is there an opportunity for that yes yeah, sir I'll, I'll i don't know when they're coming back around for the welterweights but yeah I'll, I'll definitely be in it again doing it let's let's talk a little bit about that chase so you uh you got let it, us, you got it. Let <laughs> us chat you you had a little taste of it right i did so uh it's coming out hopefully maybe early next week maybe even uh, this weekend but I, I filmed a fix my game episode with Ooh. cody over here uh highlighting combat jiu-jitsu and it's different it's fully different um Cody was very nice to me, very light slaps, but it, it was enough to sort of um, jar y- your comfort zone. Like, you can't play guard the same way, and I'll let you guys take the lead here because you're the experts at this, but I just felt I wanted to respect the slaps because I didn't want to make them slap me harder. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go along with this because if I say, ah, I can take that slap, then he'll really give me one. So when you start framing for the slaps, well, your guard changes. So um, you told I, me, though. I, hang on a second. Had you done slap jiu-jitsu before? Never, done, never done it. Never tried it. It was very – I mean, I had done a little bit of MMA training when I first started. And uh-huh. so – that was even more different though because then I was just crazy and like you just take the punches or whatever. But like now I'm just trying to be more technical. And so your first experience of doing combat jujitsu was with literally a combat jujitsu world champion. And he was kind to me. Whoa, <laughs> what an introduction! But you were telling me well, before we started training that day that when when you got the call and stuff, you really didn't even train all that much for it. You just kind of no winged, way. winged it when you went out there. For real? Yeah. So it was funny because like we started, uh, we started like, all right, we should probably start getting ready for this tournament. And uh, like, all right, how are we going to do that? We're like, all right, well, let's, uh, how about you just sit in the middle and then we're going to just beat the hell out of you. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds right. So then I sat in the middle. Super scientific. <laughs> and, and I went with his brother and he like slapped me hard. So I was like, God. So I started going after him and then we started slapping. And then and right after that, tired. I got tired after that. Then right after freaking uh, our other teammate jumped in, Brandon, and we were going at it. And then I think I had fought somebody else, and then I had William at the end. And William was just like, I just basically I was, mount the whole time, just ta, ta. I was so tired. He was just like so tired. <laughs> he just was, went like 15 minutes of combat straight with fresh opponents. Yeah, it's like, it was terrible. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, so, but yeah. it didn't put you off because you obviously you, you came back for some more. Yeah. So. My, my, my plan was to like go in and like you know still put exciting fights because i didn't really expect what i was getting myself into but um then it was crazy because i ended up going to this tournament the first match this guy just got busted up he was all bleeding and everything and i was like fuck i was like i was like man my mom's here she came to watch me i was like my friends are all watching i was like this is gonna suck it's not a regular jujitsu tournament yeah. right but after we trained like that you were like okay no more of this so we just went back to straight jujitsu and ot really? rounds yeah, yeah. Wow. and like didn't even do more slaps he was like i'm done with that so yeah. we basically didn't slap much like, yeah because i figured like in the heat of the moment like i've been 
been in some like like you know like obviously like some fights like back in like the day like in school and stuff so i was like man i think i'm when the time's right i'm just gonna throw these hands and it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna, the best. It's gonna meet their faces and then we were in the bag me and rodrigo and we were like we were just kind of going through the motions and i look back and i see all these guys doing like invert rules going for leg locks and i was like like, I don't know, man. I'm just going to slap the fuck out <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to hit them as hard as I can and if they go under me. And then, so that was the plan. You got to keep that game plan simple, right? It's yeah, like the, it's the, combat. Especially you know? in combat jujitsu. The more complicated the jujitsu yeah. techniques get, it's like, you know, midway through that hand suddenly starts coming towards you and it changes everything. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a little bit like that old saying, right? That, what is it they used to say, like, you know, jujitsu guys going into MMA is like you punch a black belt in the face once, he becomes a brown belt. You punch yeah. him again, he becomes a purple yeah. belt. And he just keeps going because a lot of jujitsu guys just aren't prepared to have that. And yeah. I guess like a punch with an MMA glove is, is something, right? It's like, oh, yeah. if I use the, if I use the, the analogy, um, when I used to train striking, getting hit with a boxing glove is like getting hit with a sledgehammer wrapped in a pillow, mm -hmm. right? Getting hit with an MMA glove is like getting hit with a house brick because yeah. it's sharp and uh -huh. it's like there's no padding. It's just like a mm -hmm. block. Yeah. But getting hit with a slap, stings. Yeah. it's like an electric yeah. shock. It's like yeah. a taser. It's like, oh, yeah. pow. It wakes you up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And you, you can't like just sit there and take, you can't eat those slaps either because like your, your face instantly starts going red and it, like, you know, it's just an involuntary thing. You can't, you can't eat it like you would a gloved punch. And you mm. see that people, right? They get punched in the face and they're just like, yeah, they lean into the punch. They go, do it again, do it again can't yeah. do that with slaps yeah because this is rocky it just stings yeah, <laughs> it just hurts your brain a little mm. bit so how many times did you get hit though like in that tournament i came out pretty clean yeah, yeah. I, I fought my i fought one kid he was good he was like he trains with <clears throat> brian ortega he's more of like an mma guy and like i knew in a, like certain parts of his game i was just way better at so i was like i'm just gonna like weather this storm like he's gonna i'm gonna tire myself out trying to get him mm -hmm. and then he had like some like braids in so like his whatever he had in his hair was so slippery i couldn't grab him at all Ooh, so like right. i was like holding him he's like he slip out i hold his head <laughs> he'd slip out so i was like oh fuck this is gonna suck right so like and he ended up taking me down on one of them and I was like in half guard and he just starts like swinging on me like crazy. But like I was just moving and I don't think, I think he maybe slapped me in my ear once or something, something like that. I'm not sure. I didn't. Pretty unscathed then. Yeah, I didn't. I don't remember ever just getting like cleanly like smashed in the face. Did you ever cleanly smash someone in the face? What was that like? What was that moment like? Like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because the first match that you had, you literally just were like on top guard, holding his ankles, just smacking the inside oh, of his thighs. Yeah. Just like, just like I was like, oh, I need to like respect these a little bit more. Yeah. Tell me, like, he started yeah. to get like handprints on his thighs and stuff. Oh, yeah, man. it was like the beginning. He pulled guard, and I was just like, okay, and I just slapped the inside of his thighs like crazy. Ooh. Then he came up, I started slapping so his face, it, right? slapping yeah. his stomach. Cody shows his past, by the way, and fixed my game. And thankfully, he didn't do it to me. So <laughs> my guard was basically the same except he would slap me in the face so i had to frame but he didn't really slap my legs but let me tell you the sequence it's a very simple pass it's just kind of like a torianda with slaps and uh <laughs> it, it looks terrible like i'm so glad i didn't feel it full speed that's pretty cool because you don't have to just uh hit the head you can slap anywhere yeah. on the body right and i I, mean, I think I remember seeing Fagner do this in a combat jiu-jitsu match once. That he was like on top and he pulled the guy's rash guard up and oh, then like man. slaps the belly. That's totally a Fagner thing to yeah, do. Yeah, totally Wagner. But I mean, it just goes to show that those slaps, they change everything, right? And you can use them from almost any position, top, bottom. But. Yeah, and sometimes if you just like, 
like if the guy's just too sometimes jujitsu is very relaxed and it's very oh, yeah. chill so like that's if the, you, that's like, the, oh, the criticism right yeah you'll like slap somebody then they're like they start breathing and mm. they start moving and then they start making more like unnecessary movements and then they're tired mm. you said that you said the first time you trained them you said that you were like just exhausted it's mm. like it just feels different right yeah I, de- I definitely knew it was gonna be something really different that I haven't really done so like I kind of like pace myself to figure it out but this year is going to be a lot better because well, I'm a lot more better at jujitsu and I'm a lot more confident in myself and um, and I, I was already out there before so I don't feel like I'm more excited than anything to go back and do it again than actually like last time I was like oh my god I'm gonna get slapped up like, my <laughs> friends are gonna see this like it sucks but you know what to expect now right yeah so. so I'm I'm really excited for the next time it comes around and they have actually another division coming up like the featherweights or something like that and they they have a lot of good guys in that. and we know how to train for it this time we're not yeah, we know how to train like, this we're time we're not just <laughs> throw them in the blender I'm <laughs> doing that again. <laughs> How about uh, the combat jiu-jitsu? Is that something you'd like to have a crack at as well? Literally a crack at? <laughs> yeah, I would love it. Like, like Cody was saying earlier, I was actually going to be in the tournament. Right. And um, we, I ended up going to uh, uh, New Jersey to compete in Kasai oh, instead. Oh, yeah, Atlantic City. So, yeah. And he went to the combat. So uh, it was really cool, though, because I was like training for it, and I was like really excited, and I was hyped for it. And then when I got the opportunity for Kasai, I knew he would shine in the combat just because style and stuff i was like you do the combat man go do it yeah. but i'm still wanting to like dip my toes in the water i think it'd be really fun yeah. and uh we've seen that you can take a punch as well right <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> thankfully that, they uh, slaps instead of punches but, yeah, yeah there was that infamous moment there and uh i gotta ask about this man because this was such a this was such a wtf moment right mm-hmm. so Tell us what happened. BJJ Fanatics, it was the semi-final, quarter-final? Where was uh, it? Quarter-finals. Quarter-final. Yeah, quarter-finals. You're fighting Aaron Tex Johnson, who's mm-hmm. like a solid 230-plus, really dangerous black belt. And what happened? So, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool because I was wanting to maybe get a match with him because we were on the same side of the bracket, and I knew I just had to win two matches to get to him. So it was really cool that I got to, like, you know, get a roll with him. So we were going at it, and uh, I knew not to let him get on my feet. Like, if he got on my feet, he's going to just break whatever he got. You know, I've seen oh, him yeah. break baseball bats, like, yeah. for goodness sake, you know. <laughs> like so, he says it himself. He's like, don't let me break your shit. Like, yeah. that's, that's Texas catchphrase. Yeah. It, yeah, it literally has a T-shirt that says that. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. Whenever he grabbed my foot, um, I just pushed away and came back up on top and just kept trying to pass, kept trying to pass, kept pushing the pace. He stood up, and I ended up taking him down, and then um, he, he went back to my leg, and I pushed away, and then I got back up on top, just kept trying to pass. And then I think it was like the third or fourth time when he went to my foot, and I um, spun out and pushed him in the stomach. I think he just got a little upset or something. I'm not sure what it was. He said he tried to club my head, but ended up like hit me in the face. You know, It's all good because it wasn't like a super hard strike or anything. But yeah, it, was, it was a little bit um, <laughs> confusing in the moment. Right. You know? <laughs> like, well, I was like, whoa. Because <laughs> let, let, let's say what it was. I mean, he clocked you, right? Because yeah. he says that he said at the time that he felt that you kicked him. And because, you know, you posted your foot in his chest to spin away, like you said, and you kicked mm-hmm. out. But he felt you kicked him. And he kind of he had some kind of convoluted, you know, explanation for what it was he did. But I mean, you look at the video. He balls up his fist and he kind of <laughs> kind of swatted you on the jaw. Right. But yeah. What went through your mind in that moment? Because you, you looked at the ref and you're just like, what yeah. the? What? what? Like, I think I was just confused as everyone else like, because you know, I just didn't expect it because he didn't seem frustrated at all during the match up until that point. So I didn't, yeah. I just didn't expect it. it was, I was just very confused and I was hoping that the ref would just maybe do something about it or I don't know. I was just kind of confused. Okay. Looked so at the ref to see what was going to happen next. Yeah. So it kind of 
stopped and there was this big moment of confusion like nobody really seemed to know what to do and the referee i don't know if he was like on another planet or if he just didn't see it i or... think he was just kind of maybe not watching the match i don't know because i mean but he didn't do anything quick. about it and he actually yeah. looked down like off the stage to the organizers and kind of like what do i do and yeah. well there was people in the crowd yelling saying like let them keep going let them really? keep going and stuff so i think that there was just a lot of different um you know things that came into play so they gave him a warning and they allowed it continue yeah. do you think there should have been a dq there and then well um i mean it's i'll go ahead and say yes i mean i mean i would he say punch yeah, the guy but... in the face <laughs> well I mean, but, if, <laughs> if you're looking at the rules then, i like text but i mean yeah, come on, if you're looking you know? at the rules but i want to know your opinion whether mm-hmm. you were like nah you know what i i wanted to continue or yes you know he should have been punished like what do you think so like the way it played out i feel like it's fine i like the way that it played out because um one, I wasn't able to really do anything to him besides get a takedown uh, until after he, the strike. So whenever he punched me, it was like, okay, you know, all was cool. You know, it was an accident. He apologized and stuff. We shook hands, kept going. You know, in the end, we're in a combat sport, so it didn't bother me too much. But later on in the match, I was able to pass a few times, take his back and stuff. So I was able to kind of show my jujitsu a little bit more than if they would have just DQ'd him. If they DQ'd him, then it but you lost that match though. Yeah, because it went on to overtime and you mm-hmm. ended up losing. So if he yeah. if he'd been DQ'd for that. You could have gone on in that tournament and you could have potentially, you know, well, who knows where you could have gone. Yeah, I could have, you know, I was, it's always that thing in the back of my head, been like, man, I just wish that I could have maybe made it past him. I feel like I could have done a lot better. Maybe I could even won the whole thing. But, um, you know. So you don't feel bad about the way it played out? I don't feel bad about the way it played out. You know, I was able to get a few guard passes in. Um, I was able to actually film a guard passing instructional the next day for BGJ Fanatics. So mm-hmm. check that out. You know? <laughs> but well, we were talking about that body lock pass earlier, right? Yeah. So that's that's what it's about, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. So I was able to get some guard passes and um, show my jiu-jitsu a little bit more than if I would have got if he would have got DQ'd. So. Nice. I mean, it goes back to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago about winning in a boring manner isn't as important as putting on a show. And right. that mm-hmm. was a hell of a show. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because the crowd really got into it, especially after, like, right after the punch. I mounted him, I think, like, five seconds after, like, we started. And everyone was like, I heard the crowd going, and it just motivated me even more. So, so all of a sudden, they were on your side, right? Yeah, especially, I think so. You know, so especially because the fact is absolute. You were the little guy against the big guy mm-hmm. and stuff. So. Kind of like a David versus Goliath story, but it was yeah. neat. Tech's not cool, you know. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So I, I want to say it right here. I mean, we, we criticized, you know, Tex pretty hard for, you know, we, we went after him, like, just saying – what we felt about it but yeah. we don't think Tex is a bad guy you know no. you know he's uh he's a great competitor and we actually like really like watching him compete but yeah, jiu-jitsu is great you know he was kind of a brain he, fart moment right yeah you know he was nice to me before and after the fight so i can't say Good. that you know he's a bad person or anything it was just yeah. a mistake in the mo- heat of the moment so like you said it's a combat sport things get a little heated nobody got hurt permanently so yeah i, I mean say, if though, i were very forgiving or like maybe rocked or something i would have been a little pissed that didn't stop the fight because then i wasn't able to like continue in the same uh shape i was when before I got struck, got it. But nothing really happened. I had like minor bruising the next day. It wasn't even like, a, it wasn't. He was sitting down. It's not like he put a lot of power into it. If he was standing, it swung on me. I'd have been like, I'm not fighting him. Like, Stop <laughs> the fight, please. But yeah, he did. that'd be so, a little different, right? You know, okay, yeah. cool, cool. Wow. But yeah, that was uh, that was a wild one, man. You both went in that BGJ Fanatics tournament. You had yeah. a pretty uh, pretty good ball. run there as well, yeah, right, yeah. Cody? That was yeah, it. that was that was that was crazy. It was funny because when we were we were in like London and we we're like, man, I can't believe we we're going to be in this tournament. Look, like look at all these guys' names on here. And then we ended up like getting like so far into it. And then I, yeah, I ended up running into <clears throat> Lucas Barbosa into the semifinals. The yeah. So I was like. Honestly, I was like at the same time. I was like, "What the fuck? Like that guy is huge!" Like, <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's go. 
and uh, I got in on a on a leg, and then like I saw the back where I was like I could go to the back and I can like try to like wrestle him and fight him there. But then I also saw his leg, and I was like I also could pick him up maybe. And then <laughs> I was like, so I saw an opportunity, and I was like I don't know. I see opportunities. I try to just take them and shine you know you wanted I mean, that highlight clip right you, oh, yeah, you're thinking yeah. about that suplex <laughs> yeah and i just i had no like anything i mean if anything people expected that to happen to me you know i mean he's like won so many titles he's way bigger than me he will champion yeah, yeah. Like, yep. i was just like you know I'm, this is fun for me but um yeah i mean that happened i mean it, when it happened i was like fuck i, I, I could have done so much better and i almost was like i, I want to fight him again i don't know how i'm going to fight him again but uh, I want to redo because I, I at the time obviously when you lose you always think like a thousand different things you could have done I was like maybe I could have like just played a little bit more we could have got more sweaty and then I could have been scrapping and scrambling more but but that goes back to what you were talking about earlier about like fighting someone that's better than you and mm-hmm. not really expecting to do as well as you normally do because yeah. you didn't really expect to get in on a, on a no. tight waist lock within 10 yeah. seconds in the first you know when the bell went off so yeah. getting there you're probably a little shocked you yeah. know, he said it after. He was like, oh, my God, I'm here. Uh, and just kind of like, yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like so. back, like, back, like, lift. Lift. Yeah, then that happened. But, I mean, it's all good. I, I don't worry. I feel like sometimes, especially in the sport, sometimes people, like, because we're so active, people don't really remember all the time your losses. Like, I feel like people remember my wins more than I do. I'm the only one who ever remembers my losses because they eat me, you know? Totally true. I so. think that's 100% true. And uh, mm-hmm. a great advice to anyone up and coming, like, take yeah, those matches. Really take yeah. the matches that are going to get you uh, in the spotlight, get someone that's really good, mm-hmm. and let it all hang it's out. It's all experience, yeah. right? It is, yeah. Because I know in, like, a few years, like, I'm going to be older, I'm going to be stronger, I'm going to be more technical. Like, no one's going to remember me for, like, doing this at this tournament or doing this but I mean if I win the when I win the ACs or something like that like then everyone's gonna remember my name will be cemented in that history you know a lot of people say as well that everything's practiced up until black belt too right yeah. you know and you guys are still color belts so even though you competing on the no-gi scene against other black belts it's almost like it's still training it's still prep right it's like yeah. that it's all building towards that so yeah and in the no-gi like there's purple belts that are like crazy good like especially now that there's like heel hooks like there's some purple belts that just do only leg locks right and you can't sleep on them because if you could be eating them the whole match and then all of a sudden but they got your leg and it's over you know so in london we experienced that like we're training with um uh what's his name the guy the one ross nichols oh yeah ross, yes. ross nichols he's out cool. there he's got some really tough dudes you know like yeah. people that no one really knows yeah. about because you know obviously flow grappling is not really out there too much you know it's not that many big yeah. no-gi events apart from grapple fest there yeah. aren't grapple that many like big no-gi news. events in the uk um there's polaris as well but polaris mm-hmm. is like the elite guys yeah. and then there's nothing really in between so yeah, it's there's like no kasai there's no like fight to win there's yeah you know, there's none of these no midwest finishes there's none of the yeah. smaller shows that are able to really make their name right yeah. so, they do like naga and then they'll get on grapple fest so it's like right. you don't really see too much of these up-and-coming guys out there yeah. but there's some really tough dudes and um you can't sleep on them because you know at that school with ross nichols they got some like really tough leg lockers oh yeah really well, tough ross passers, is a really good know. leg lock guy himself mm-hmm. right? very good leg so. locker. yeah he's a super cool guy too we got to train together go out to lunch it was the, yeah. he's nice. a awesome. guy. which gym is that um that's actually it's i think it's a, a hodger gracie affiliation and um it's in a, it's a huge gym it's it basically really in like cool. a like a fitness gym gym yeah. box yeah, gym box. Yeah, yeah, it's really, yeah. yeah it's really all, famous London chain. It's like big, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yellow, super like, cool. Yeah, yeah it glow, is. Glow a real stuff, fitness yeah. gym. It's like a kind yeah. of a like a super nice gold gym, like fitness kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Okay, so you trained with Ross. Ross qualified for ADCC as well, right? He was yeah. in that 77 division. Did he even get JT first round, I think? Yeah, yeah he, he lost to JT. Draw. But, yeah. like, I mean, really, JT didn't do much to him, you know? He could yeah. pass. Mm-hmm. It was a really good match. Ross is tough. He's tough. Yeah, I mean, we saw Ross, yeah, yeah. like, uh, on Grapplefest. He's had a couple of really good matches. He fought, like, uh, Lockman Giles and uh, mm-hmm. Gianni Grippo, I believe. And mm-hmm. yeah, maybe he did. Did he, he fight G- Lachlan? I'm not sure if he did. No, he did. He fought yeah, Lachlan. He, he did, fought, yeah. I think in a no-time limit match. Did right. he fight Nathan Orchard, too, or did he not? Um, yeah. I'm not sure. He did beat Gianni, though. And he tore through ADCC trials, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was there for that, actually. In Romania? Romania. And, yeah, he definitely stood out. I was like, all right, just tearing through these guys, no problem. Yeah. Super nice guy, too. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. But like you're saying, you can't sleep on these color belts either, right? Because no. if they got that leg lock game, they're just as dangerous as anybody else. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. Super tough. And uh, I guess, wow, okay. So 2020, are you going to go to the gi as well, Cody? Because, you know, Will said he wants to try and bounce it out a little bit. You're going to do yeah. some too? Yeah, I'll do some gi as well. I don't know which tournaments I'll do. I mean, I'll, I'll for sure do the Worlds. Um for me, like, the gi is a little bit tougher for me, but I enjoy it. Like, I enjoy, mm-hmm. like, training in the gi. I like, you know, it's just, like, when I compete, uh, like, if we do, like, IBJFs, gi, and then the no gi the day after, I would fight these guys in the gi, and I would win, and I would just be exhausted, and, like, I would just barely win or something. And then I'd fight in the no gi, and it would just be very clean and fluid and stuff. So I just, I feel more comfortable in the no gi. Fits your style better, right? Yeah, because people, like, will put me in worm guard or lasso, and then, like, I'm just, the whole fight, I'm just trying to yank my arm out, you know? And so it, it, it's tough, but... You're not the I only like person it. to complain to that. I think that's why Gordon Ryan shelved those plans, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard, but I, I like it. And, and also, it, like, it helps me like sometimes like there'll be some guy and he'll just beat me up in the gi and like it's good i like taking losses like that sometimes you know like and then when i'm like in a situation where i'm in a big fight and i'm i find myself losing like it's like i've already been here before like i'm comfortable i can like work out of this you know find a way to win yeah the gi's just it's just really tough you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot more um the talent pool's a lot bigger you know Mm -hmm. there's all those people from brazil that literally are in just a basement and have never competed before. It's their first ter- time going to the Gi Worlds, and no one knows who they are, but they're freaking tough, you know, and they could win the tournament, but no one knows about them. Yeah. There's so much of that. and um, But they'll go through anything to win. You know, they'll hold you in last guard the entire time. They'll hold you in close guard the entire time. And um, it's just not, for me, it's not as exciting because I get, I can make a match with one of those guys, and I feel like I could do really well if not beat them, but I just get stuck in a position, and it's like it yeah. ends up being slow, you know. Yeah, if like you're down by two points, or if you're down by an advantage, and there's like a minute thirty left or something, like it's that's really hard to come back, especially if they got you in like a fifty-fifty lapel guard. I mean, you're you're stuck, you know. <laughs> and that's exactly what JT said, man. Yeah, we talked to him about his world's experience last year, and. And he lost exactly that. He was yeah. stuck in the 50-50 guard with the lapel control for like yeah. nine minutes, couldn't get out and yeah. lost the match. And that's his world's dream done for another year, you know? Yeah. So it is, it's it's rough, right? It's um, it's it, Success in one does not guarantee success in the other. But Yeah. yeah. And I think like Nogi, it's also more open. And Nogi, there's different formats of the jiu-jitsu, there's the sub only, no time limit. There's heel ADCC hooks. There's rules, ADCC points, rules. Yeah. IBJF there's, even. There's, right, so many. there's so many different ways you can go down. And like IBJF, it's like, okay, he's up by an advantage. Boom, he's going to pull guard. He's going to stall. He's going to wait. And I'm like, I hate that. But it is what it is. I understand. You got to deal with it. Yeah. Yep. So, like, for me, it's like there's so many tournaments that have IBJF rules in the gi, you know? And there's not like a, a wide variety of rules. So everyone just builds like a very specific game. 
And like I know that game, and it's boring because I don't get to see anything else but that game. You know, in, in Nogi, I go and compete against someone, and it's completely different than the last tournament I had. I played an entire different game because I had to because, because of the theirs rules. was different. Right. The rules was different. Um, their style is different. But for like IBGJF, it makes everyone have like a certain style, or you know, one or two or three styles. Everything's kind of very similar, and just ends up being a little bit more boring. It's but. a good point actually, and, and and Eddie Cummings said this to me a couple of years ago about it's a case of the rules dictating the development of the sport. Right, mm-hmm. and it is true that in gi, like you almost never see anybody mm-hmm. use rules other than the standard, you know, the industry-leading IBJJF rules. And AJP Tour is the only people really doing it on a I big mean, scale. They've started changing yeah. it a little bit now, right? With the you know one point for mm-hmm. advantages shorter instead, matches. shorter matches. Yeah, but shorter. but Third even then, it's still pretty similar <laughs> to the IBJJF style. But in no gi, you can man, you can just flip the script. You can have whatever rules you want mm. based on the event, based on match by match. Third coast is a good example yeah. that you know they created this system of like points with the the mm-hmm. tech falls and stuff yeah. like that. But then they're also going to have a submission only t- no time limit match for you and Gordon versus Patrick Gaudio. So yeah. it's it's just the ability to kind of constantly change it up and do different things. You, can just you make don't your have that in the gi, too, right? If you want, you know, just to make it interesting. They made like for Pat Downey and Nick Rodriguez. It's yeah. something that I haven't even heard of yet. You know, same thing with like Gordon and uh, Bo Nickel it's just like a completely different rule set you can just make something up on the spot and it's still gonna be exciting you know what's interesting about this uh, the way you guys are framing this conversation is a lot of people mainly in the gi world I'd say say we need to have a unified rule set to grow the sport but here we're, we're hearing that keeping it loose and uh, having a large variety is growing it because it's keeping you more interested more people something with for certain, everyone certain attributes certain skill sets can do better in some areas so you're saying maybe the growth of the sport could could help from these variety of rule sets? Yeah, because I feel like like say like when we do the sub only tournaments and all that, the first guys I want to pick out in the crowd and the ones I want, and even if they're tough names, I'm like I want an IBJF guy because one I can go for a leg lock for a heel hook, I can reap them, and they're not super familiar with it, and then they're just not comfortable. And like a lot of times, like I know I'm not gonna get subbed out too much because they're always just looking for a pass to side control to mount to you know like they're fighting harder for position instead of like looking for the submission the whole time you know. And that's more scary to me. When someone's looking for my legs and my neck and my arm the whole time, I even get more tired because I'm, like, defending the whole time that way instead of just, like, uh, stopping in from passing my guard. Okay, okay, well, now I can just replace and start over and go again, you know? Mm. Yeah. So, like, you see a lot of good guys. I mean, like, uh, Kyle Bowman, he beat Lucas Barbosa, you know what I mean? So... It's just, it's crazy, but if they fought in like the IBJF rule set, it might feel, be very different. It'd be very different. Well, we'll I get feel. the chance to see that rematch because uh, yeah, yeah, Kyle yeah, Bame's yeah. actually in for Kasai, mm-hmm. and of course Hulk is in that tournament as well. And mm-hmm. depending on how it goes, because they'll split the eight men into two groups of four, and then they'll yeah. be on round robin. But um, we, I don't think I've ever seen, apart from ADCC trials, I don't think I've ever seen Kyle Bame in a points tournament. So, you know, except yeah. the ADCs, I've just seen them at the ADCs, but exactly. So know you know, Kasai six minute matches with the points and stuff. It'll be interesting to see how he adapts his style for that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really like hats off to him, man. Yeah, he's really putting himself out there. He's doing different rule sets now. You know, he's really trying to yeah. build himself up. You know, certainly I've made him. a name for himself one of those back to back BJJ Fanatics oh, tournaments. Man. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, he won the um, what was the other one? Uh, 
king of the mat, king of the mat too. Like he, I think he subbed oh, Dante Leo. Right. You know? He did. He submitted Dante yeah, and he yeah, broke yeah. Damborovich's leg. Yeah, you hear about that? Yeah, yeah. snapped his leg with a yeah. straight ankle. Man, that guy, he must be so strong. He looks yeah, strong. He looks yeah. strong. When he's in the back, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's just jack. He looks sculpted. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a former rock climber. You yeah. know, he used to be a professional rock climber. That's why he's so strong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He got that wiry strength. You know, good for grip. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Wow, guys. Well, it's been awesome having you two in here, and it's around about that time when we should probably be wrapping things up. But I think we got a pretty clear idea of your uh, your plans for twenty twenty. Basically, take over the world. And make it to ADCC, right? Hopefully, yeah. So That's the plan. Take yeah. as many fights as we can. Great. Me, well, at least, yeah. so how how can people follow you? Uh, Instagram, uh, Cody underscore Steel BJJ. Nice. And um, Tackett underscore Jujitsu on Instagram. Awesome. So. so guys, hit them up with a follow. Promoters, drop in their DMs and uh, and offer the matches. Yes, please. Stop giving Cody heavyweights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's not that big. He's yeah. only 77 kilo, 170 pounds. Give yeah. him to uh, William over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's, He's the one in bulking season right now. So give him the big boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before, hey, guys, it's been awesome having you guys in the, Thank uh, you uh, in the studio. It really has been a pleasure. Thanks for coming in and sharing a little bit about your story with us. It's been really cool, right? Yeah, we're house. When's Fix My Game coming out? I don't know. We'll have to schedule it, but I should be done by the end of today. We'll see. We have Europeans next week. I don't want it to get uh, lost in the shuffle uh, with that mayhem, but it will be ready very soon. You guys will definitely know when it's out because awesome. I'm looking forward to everyone watching it. It's going to be great. Nice. Yeah, we'll be able to see Chase getting suplexed and slapped. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it was your choice. I mean, you're the one who wanted to do it. Fix my game. Actually, it was really more yeah. Ryan, Ryan's <laughs> choice. Ryan's like, you got to do the combat jujitsu. You got to do it. I'm like, why don't you do it? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. It was awesome. awesome. Did you have fun doing it? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, we, I threw like a lot of slaps in there, but I was like, not too hard, but I'm, I'm throwing volume. <laughs> no volume. It was awesome. there. It was there. Cool. All right, guys. Well, listen, we'll be back again a couple of weeks after Europeans. Next week, we're going to be in Lisbon, Portugal, but we'll be back here in Austin, Texas, back in the studio pretty soon. We'll see you on the next one.